You're listening to a Weeby Geeks Network podcast. Hola, como esta? Usando dos manos? There you are. A convey gavritia is now. No idea. We've unlocked Spanish mode. Another world. Another time. In the age of wonder. There was once a dream. You could only whisper it. Anything more than a whisper, and it would vanish. A battle between good and evil. You don't know the power of the dark side. Or shall I find a new adversary so close to my own level? Try the local sewer. You know of the rebellion against the Empire? The Avengers, Earth's mightiest heroes. Peace means having a bigger stick than the other guy. One of these days, I'm going to have a stick of my own. I'm Groot. Welcome to the Neverland Podcast. The podcast for lovers of Disney, Pixar, Marvel, and Star Wars. I'm glad you're here to tell us these things. Please welcome your host, Jeremy. I thought he'd be taller. Yeah, I can fly. All it takes is faith and trust. Well, if it isn't the Star Spangled Man with a plan, what is your plan today? Up to Neverland! <laughs> Take your pixie out of your pockets, Neverlanders. Sprinkle some pixie dust around. Think up that happiest thought. Get yourself covered in that pixie dust because we got a long flight to Neverland this week. And I, of course, will be your guide. Well, I'm the head lost boy around here. They call me the Spider Pan, but you can call me Jeremy or Spider Pan. And, you know, it's it's not a good idea to fly solo when you fly to Neverland because you never know if you might run into pirates. And so we have a Lost Boy back with us after two long weeks where people had to just put up with me talking to myself. So Lost Boy Retlaw, known as Eric, is here. How do? Yes, I flew solo. I flew solo. The pirates did almost get me. Almost. Yeah, I, I think you were over the Caribbean there a few times there, weren't you? Uh, actually, um, yeah, at one point I was over the Caribbean. At another point, I uh, was living with the land. At another point, I was uh, doused in imagination. Having a good old... Uh, you, how long were you over there? <laughs> like, I knew you were going one weekend, and I, then you were going to go like a second weekend, and then you were still there this weekend. Like, did he move in? <laughs> <laughs> well, I just about moved in. I uh, My family got our uh, annual passes for Walt Disney World this year. Um, we uh, went down the weekend of March 2nd for my wife's birthday, and uh, you fully utilized our passes that day, found a wonderful off-property resort to stay at. Um, then we said, you know what? This has been so much fun. The kids are out of school next week. Let's head back down next weekend and spend a few more days. And um, we went and spent uh, five days starting on the... Sometime last week. What day? Yeah, last... <laughs> Last Friday, oh, I'll say last Friday. Yeah. We were there for five days and oh, uh, just had ourselves a good old time. Um, got to spend quite a bit of time at the parks. Spent some time uh, in Kissimmee and Orlando as well. Just you know, going through the city and seeing the sights and uh, getting out of the Disney bubble for a little bit. Um, but uh, yeah, we had a great time. Um, we're we're fully invested pass holders now, and uh, we'll definitely be making more trips we already just started working on our plans for our next trip coming up in april my goodness uh and i forgot what i was thinking oh i actually wanted to ask about because you you just said you stayed off property Mm -hmm. is it a little cheaper to stay off property oh most definitely it is a lot cheaper to stay off property um you know there there are places like the uh art of animation resorts and Mm -hmm. 
the all-star resorts where where they're value resorts and you can get them for a very decent uh per night rate however um there's a lot of property just just right off of the disney world property itself where you can get you know some very good rates i think the most we've paid per night staying off property was around a hundred dollars that's not bad so considering bad. location <laughs> you know yeah considering the location <laughs> you know i'll tell you this um Disneyland, it got to a point where you know it was difficult to find anything for less than $140, $150 per night. Whereas at hmm. Disney World, um, we've been able to uh, easily beat that, you know, multiple nights and and not have an issue with it. So you know, it, it's it's definitely growing on me. So how does it balance out? Because I guess you rented a car so you could go and look around at Kissimmee and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Or Kissimmee. <laughs> mm-hmm. and, and again, even rental car prices have not been that bad for us. So, hmm. you know, we've, we've got the, uh, the big, the, usually the biggest investment, which is uh, airline tickets are not a, a factor for us, thanks to my yeah. job. I love my benefits. <laughs> but, yeah. um, you know, uh, we, we also make sure we try and take advantage of deals through Costco, uh, through our uh, employers. We have uh, discounted sites where we can get uh, low-cost hotel options and uh, rental car options and and then uh, from there it's just you know trying to figure out what's best for your budget um you know obviously when you're in the parks you're going to be spending quite a bit on your meals and on yeah. food and snacks um but you know when you can pick up and leave and drive you know 20 minutes off the property and go to bahama bucks and get some snow cones for you know a quarter of the price of what you pay in the parks you you do it you know on top of that there's also some uh options like the uh, disney character warehouse where you can go and get uh heavily discounted uh discontinued merchandise from the parks in fact i'm wearing a t-shirt right now where i paid oh i think about seven or eight dollars for it at the character warehouse where in the park it was you know 25 to 30 dollars hmm I may have to consider that because right now I, I, we're considering using some of our tax money to go down. Uh, and I've got to come up with something really good to where I, you know, Heather is going to be like, yep, okay, definitely, let's go then. Uh, <laughs> and right now I'm looking, uh, I've had a travel agent quote me some prices to go to, I guess, the All-Star Music mm-hmm. uh, to stay there. And one of the benefits, you know, of, of course, staying on property is you get after magic hours and, I, you know, setting up a meal plan. But I don't know, can I set up a meal plan even if, if I'm not at the resort? Uh, I don't believe so. Uh, you need to be a guest of the resort in order to take advantage of the yeah. Disney dining plan. I need to juggle everything because it would be nice to go. Because one of the things Heather would really like to do is go see the ocean. But I don't know how much mm-hmm. of a drive it would be. To it's about 45 minutes from really? the airport. Yeah. In fact, uh, last last year we took a couple of exploratory trips with our kids. We did not have tickets to either of the park or to any of the parks. Um but we wanted to, you know, just get out, go to Orlando, go to Disney Springs, which, of course, uh, you know, there's no cost to, to do that. And, of course, you can also drive around the resort and see the different parks, you know, from the roadway. Uh, in fact, even one time we went and we just parked in the uh, uh, Magic Kingdom parking lot, hopped on the monorail and went on the circle between uh, the Magic Kingdom and Epcot. Uh, just just to you know, go out there and do something with it. But the first thing we did on that particular trip was uh, we picked up our car. We actually got in at around 5 o'clock in the morning, picked up our car. There is a uh, toll road just to the north of the airport that goes straight out to Cape Canaveral and Cocoa Beach. And uh, we did that, got to watch the sunrise over the Atlantic Ocean. I uh, got to see 
cruise ships uh, that were docked and getting ready to uh, head on out. We can see um, all of the NASA buildings off in the distance as well. Neat. Now, do some of the off-property resorts actually offer any sort of a bus or transportation to the parks? Yeah, yeah. In fact, the hotel that we stayed at this past trip, um, which wasn't as high quality as the one we had uh, a couple weeks ago, um, they did have a shuttle that would take you to all of the resorts. However, we had our rental car, and we had free parking with our annual passes. So uh, ah, yeah, we, we never did utilize. Passes, so. Yeah, we never did utilize the off uh, the the off property uh, transportation options. But I know that they're available at many of the hotels there in the area. Yeah, because it would be nice to be able to get a ride to and from and not have to pay for parking at the resorts. Because if if we wanted to say, well, you know, if we I guess if we go down for four days. But if we want to spend three days kind of going to the parks with park hoppers, if mm -hmm. we could at least, I guess, park and then even just hop a monorail, we could get to a lot of the parks. I don't think you can get to Animal Kingdom with a monorail, though, can you? No, no. In fact, but that's the great thing about uh, the Disney Resort, though, is they've also got a bus system. Yeah. That'll pick you up from just about every resort. That'll pick you up from each of the parks and will take you to the other resorts in the parks. Um, and... I think I was hearing that they've got the largest private uh, bus fleet there at Walt Dis uh, there at Walt Disney World. Yeah, and it is that's what when I was there before we relied on the bus, and so I'm you know, I'm kind of weighing the option between if you were on resort, of course you have buses right there. If we say off property, we rent a vehicle that way we can at least spend a day driving out to so Heather can see the ocean. Mm -hmm. uh, but then still, I mean, I don't know if even maybe if this would make sense to do. But come in a day early, rent a car, stay off property for at least one night, go see the ocean, come back, then go to an on-property location so you can spend the rest of the time just going to the parks. Mm -hmm. That might be an option. And that way we have a day yeah. we can also look around Orlando a little bit, see, you know, visit that uh, outlet store. Hmm. And I also learned that uh, Universal City Walk has free parking after 6 p.m. Oh, cool. It would be nice to also have a ticket to go to the Harry Potter parks and stuff, but it might have business picking up as this Hagrid uh, motorcycle adventure is going to be opening soon. Oh, yeah. Which I'd, I'd had this listed when we get into news, but uh, I, it's, it's got to just short mention because we don't have a whole lot of information necessarily about it other than you're on a motorbike. And it's a, like legit motorbike type of things that they've built the, it, it, as this roller coaster. And you're going through the Forbidden Forest and some ruins and stuff like that. And the funny thing is Tom Felton has been on a press tour for it, which they always get some of the old cast from Harry Potter for these things. Uh, but he's been on the Today Show. I've seen a, some video on YouTube where he's got his hair kind of pulled back. But on the Today Show, he looked very grunge. And he's kind of got longer kind of hair, blondish. And he was just kind of wearing just, you know, he looked like he just, you know, rolled out of bed and threw some clothes on. He's very grunge looking. Mm. And I was looking at this and like, I wonder if he's grown his hair out because somebody's making a biopic of Kurt Cobain and they've cast Tom Felton to play Kurt Cobain. <laughs> that's what he looked like. Yeah, you, you never know. I, I actually <laughs> thought he looked looked a lot like uh, late '90s Macaulay Culkin. Yes, he did. <laughs> he did. He reminded me of Macaulay Culkin a little bit too. But so I'm wondering what's up with that. I almost want to get on the Twitter feed and see if he's said anything about it or somebody's asked him about it. Because, you know, actors, sometimes they grow their hair out for a park. So I kind of wondered about that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. 
So, but, but I figure uh, things you're going to pick up over at Universal with that new ride opening that might be kind of messy. And, you know, going to Walt Disney World before August and, and Galaxy's Edge opens, you won't, you'll have just the normal busy summer crowds. You won't necessarily have the Star Wars crowds all starting to pile in yet. So mm-hmm. I'm, I'm well, considering and, that factor. <laughs> well, and Fantastic, or uh, this Hagrid uh, attraction isn't the only new thing coming to Universal. Uh, there is a, uh, a big addition show. coming to. Oh, yeah, projection mm-hmm. show, but they've also got a big uh, uh, update to Jurassic Park section of the park that uh, yeah. is coming. And it's not just the update of the Jurassic Park adventure, but uh, there's some rumors that they might be adding in a brand new roller coaster in that section as well. Yeah, it's becoming Jurassic World now, basically. Yep, yep. So just watch out for the large uh, dinosaurs in the bay. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, just don't, don't go swimming. So, yeah, there, there's a lot of busy stuff happening. But, yeah, I've still got a lot of stuff to consider. But right now I'm adjusting to my my new life. Mm-hmm. Uh, and this is how this has been kind of fun. And I've been keeping everybody up up tabs on it. So everybody would know that I've started up at a, a place called Eagle Communications. They have, uh, like, four different radio stations. I'm up there as a board operator. Now, when they hired me, their intention was for me regularly every week to work weekends, Saturday and Sunday, midnight to 8 a.m. So I'd be getting home Saturday morning and like Sunday morning. So it, it, if I was doing that, it would get in the way of me going to church. It would get in the way of doing the podcast because the weekends is usually when I record. So I was I was a little worried about that. But I was like, well, this is my toe in the door. But as things worked out, and I, 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 I think I did mention this, but the day I started, I actually got contacted by Alpha Media, which I guess they're a bit of a larger company, but they have a couple of stations in Cameron, Missouri, that's still about 45 minutes away from me, so it's still a smaller market, but I got contacted from them to be a radio morning host, which, ooh, morning host, I got excited. It's not exactly what I thought it would be, but it's still very cool. Well, I went and interviewed, and now the funny thing about this interview is the guy who interviewed me, this Chris Ward guy, he's got... And he even just got a new Star Wars tat- tattoo. But he's got Star Wars tattoos going down his arm. And he just got Chewbacca done. And so he's still putting lotion on it the other day. But so I spent most of that interview. We were talking Star Wars. And I got hired. <laughs> so, <laughs> but so I was like, okay, well, they want to have me on. And I even said, like, you know, if I have to make a choice between the two stations, I like the idea of working 5 a.m. to 8 a.m. a little bit better. It's only 15 hours a week at $10 an hour. I'm because. You, you have to really start small, and so it's 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 a tightening mm-hmm. your belt thing. And I thought, well, if I was doing that in the morning, I still have the rest of the day to go do Lyft and Uber and try to you know make ends meet that way. So this could work out. The question is, if I was still doing Eagle Communications for what they had planned for me, I'd be working seven days a week. Mm-hmm. So I was concerned about that. Just like I don't want to exhaust myself or have no energy to put into this show. You know, I've had this podcast now going for a long time. And I didn't want to have to drop it because I would be too tired to do it or too exhausted. I mean, this is kind of what brought me to the table on this sort of thing. So I was worried about that. And, I, you know, I got a call from the guy over at Eagle. His name's Travis. And, I, and he says, okay, because uh, he wanted me to come in and do some training uh, this past Monday to do evening. I, they're still trying to settle things in before they left me fly solo, really. I've done some midnight to 8 o'clock shifts like three nights in a row. And that, I, let me tell you, when I get off work at 8 o'clock, I thought I'd be too tired to do anything. But my body naturally wanted to wake up and begin the day, which was also unfortunate. I, I'm not good at night shifts. Last time I tried to work a night shift, I got very sick. 
So I was concerned about that as well. And I was like, oh, man. And I, I didn't for three days. I hardly got any sleep because I can't sleep during the day. So I was a little worried about that. But uh, so he had called, though, and said, OK, well, you know, come in Monday. We want to show you a few other things with Rick uh, that he does during his shift, because part of my work there was going to be, you know, the weekends. And also we wanted to give the other board operators on the weekdays a chance to have a day off. And so I could come in and fill in for their shifts, which is great. That's more hours. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, but I told him, says, oh, by the way, you know, because I, I kept them afloat with what was going on in Cameron with getting the contact. I let them know what was happening. And I told him, so, oh, hey, I actually got the position to do that morning show thing. And I says, you know, the, the, what the part worries me, though, is if I'm continuing to do weekends with you guys, I'm working seven days a week. And he said what I was thinking. He said, oh, you, and you really don't want to burn out, do you? And I said, oh, exactly. I would burn out. So he says, no problem. Instead of doing weekends, how about you just you stick around, though, to do our fill-in days. When we have somebody who wants to take a, a sick day or a vacation day, you can come in and work their shift They're on a weekday. And I was like, perfect. That would be ideal. That way I could still work both jobs. Mm-hmm. So that's working great. I'm they, I'm amazed at how flexible they are being with me. I mean, it's all still part-time work. So, I mean, it's not like they have a full-time expectation. Uh, but so I'm starting to I, – I filled in with uh, for a guy named Rick who works like 4 to midnight. I did that on Friday. I'm doing it again on Monday. Uh, and they're also being so flexible. I'm, I'm loving this so far. So Monday I was supposed to have gone in. But at about 10 o'clock that morning, as I, I got a summons for an Uber trip, and I picked a guy up in Lenexa, and this poor guy had just gotten laid off of his job. But his, his he, and he was living and staying with his son in, in uh, Lenexa, Kansas, but he needed to go all the way home to just outside of St. Louis, Missouri. Oh, wow. Four-hour drive. Realizing this is, wow, this is going to be eight hours there and back again, I was like, ooh. So I, I contacted the radio station up there at Eagle Communications. I said, I might be a little late, like maybe a couple hours. Mm-hmm. Well, by the time I got back into Kansas City, uh, I, it was you know, a little after six, and I called up there and says, okay, I can get up to St. Joe. I'd be there about seven o'clock. Uh, they wanted me to only maybe go like four to ten or four to midnight if I really wanted to. Uh, I said, I'm, is that going to be too late for me to kind of learn what it is you wanted me to learn from Rick of what he has to do on Monday nights? And uh, they just said, oh, you know, don't worry about it. You know, you're fine. But make sure you come, can come in on Friday. You're still good for Friday because Rick's not going to be here. and We need you to cover for him. So and they were very <laughs> – nobody was mad at me or anything. Uh, all right. So I was like, oh, my gosh, the radio industry is fantastic because we have a level of professionalism and flexibility going on. So I'm sure at some point they'll be more dependent upon me than what they are now. And maybe they will be a little like, hey, you know, but this has been great. I started up in Cameron on, uh, I guess, yeah, Thursday. So Thursday morning. And so I, I basically get to go through. I, I, I look through the uh, Highway Patrol Troop H and some other sources. And I gather news of what's happening around uh, the Cameron area, and which is basically car accidents, which one of them was this 19-year-old girl who managed to hit an embankment, send her car airborne, hit the ground, and flip it seven times. Oh, goodness. Minor injuries, though, because she wore her seatbelt. All right, folks, mm-hmm. wear your seatbelt. But, you know, we cover stuff like that, and then I found a story of, like, some drug arrests, you know. So I'm getting to, you know, I read these news stories on the air in the mornings in the mix of they actually have a uh, syndicated morning show that they send in segments and we plug them into play at certain times to make it seem like it's being done locally uh but then it's intermixed with me every hour you're going to hear from me doing some news and some weather and the second hour uh you'll hear news weather and obituaries from me Mm. uh which i haven't recorded anything myself yet i'm going to record some stuff i guess tomorrow they're slowly 
get me comfortable with their computer system of how things work. The fun thing is I'm actually going to get to pick out a little bit of music. I'm doing this for a classic rock station, which we are on, on TuneIn. If you want to listen to the station, it's 100.1 uh, KKWK, I think it is. Or it's like they go like quick is what they call themselves. Uh, so you can find it on TuneIn. You'll hear some classic rock and you'll be able to hear me central time. About about 6 a.m. is when you'll first actually hear me because I have from 5 a.m. to 6 to, to uh, gather some news. But... As we go through each hour, we you know we move some some ads around to make sure all the ads are going to play that people pay for pay money to have their ads play at certain times, uh, and we we try to make sure we fill the hour to uh, about you know around two seconds uh, under two seconds of an a, an actual hour. So we go and there's music that are, that the program director maybe has put in to say well, well I'd like to play have this stuff play, but we actually will place those songs in there and we'll grab a few goofy liners and you know funny jokes or whatever to do station identification that kind of thing that you hear on radio. Uh, but, you know, Chris, as he's showing me stuff, he's like, you know, I don't even like that song. And he'll pull a song out and, and grab something else. He can know, OK, I have exa- exactly this amount of time that I need to fill in there. He can punch a list uh, with that time and find all the songs that are that length of time. And he can plug oh, wow. them in. But so that leaves a little discretion for me to pick some songs. I, You know, you want to try to get some songs that go together. But I'm mm-hmm. excited because I get to pick some of the songs that are going to play on a classic radio station. But here's where I started to feel old. When he was doing some searches, I saw a Stone Temple Pilot song listed as a classic rock. <laughs> and I was like, oh, dude, Chris, that's that. Are we that old? He says, yeah, you remember, you know, that was like, you know, like near 30 years ago. I was like, oh, was it that long ago? Really? But I was like, yeah, I guess that was in high school at the time. <laughs> so, wow. Yeah, I felt my age. But, you know, it's pretty exciting. You know, that's stuff I'm going to get to do. And uh, this is where I start. And who knows, as, as things go on down the line, I might get more opportunity. And eventually, who knows, I might get my own show. If I get a you know, if I get a popular enough show, it would be nice to be able to go more of a national, because I'm used to that anyway. Actually, we're worldwide in a podcast. So, you know, getting more of a national show, going maybe syndicated, who knows, maybe satellite, you know, who knows how far I can make this go. I just have to work my tail off and have people actually enjoy me, in which, lo and behold, people actually do enjoy this show. In fact, I don't know the name of the podcast, but I will let you know when it happens. And I can't even pronounce the guy's name. It, it looks like Issa, but it could be Issa. But I did a little uh, a recording with him uh, about the Hunchback of Notre Dame. Uh, and he, what he likes to do on his show is he gets lots of different various people and gets them to share what they think about certain aspects of the film. And uh, so I recorded a bit with him, and he's going to edit together. When he releases the episode, I will make sure I post it and share it. Uh, but he wanted to have me on the show because he really enjoys this show. He said he's binged watch or binge listened. And he also has confirmed what other people have told me. He thought we were pretty funny. All right. So it's official. We're funny. So- no, wait, wait, wait. Which one of us is pretty and which one of us is funny? Well, I sure ain't pretty. So you can be the pretty one. <laughs> so I will take the funny because I my jokes are dumber than yours. I swear. <laughs> You make good dad jokes, but you earn them because you're a dad. I oh, I, yeah. I don't have the excuse. <laughs> I just make dumb jokes. So, but uh, I'll let y'all know when that pops out there. But it's like it's nice to be able to talk to other people and have people let you know that they're enjoying the show. Which, by the way, if you have never left us a review or any feedback to let us know what you think of the show, feel free to do so. And also, don't forget we have a Patreon page. We also have a shop where you can get T-shirts. Which we need to get more T-shirt ideas. As the last one we put up there was Unicorn P, which I thought was funny because that's where you stayed or <laughs> where you parked your car. And uh, so I, it's a yellow shirt with a unicorn on it, and it says Unicorn P. It's a lot. 
And so it's a bad joke, but it'd be fun <laughs> to explain it to people and it'd be like an inside joke. So that shirt is available. Yeah, so. unfortunately, the last time I parked at uh, Animal Kingdom, I was in Dinosaur 533. Doesn't quite uh, uh, work as well as Unicorn P. Yeah, not quite as much fun. Being, it should have been <laughs> Dinosaur Egg or something. That would have been kind of funny. Or, or you know, that is one pile of poo. Uh, you know, in the Jurassic you know, Park area. <laughs> yeah. Speaking, speaking of uh, Disney World parking lots, though, um, there is, I recently came across an article that said that uh, Hollywood Studios is going to be updating their parking lot uh, locator signs. Uh, what they have had in the past are um, listings for the certain lots that you're in. They had like uh, television and movies and music and oh, yeah. one, one other section that's just not coming to me, but they're going to be changing that and they're going to be basing their parking lot around characters. Now, this is something that they currently do at Magic Kingdom and at Disneyland. Uh, depending upon where you park, it's associated with a specific character. And that's what's going to be happening with Hollywood Studios uh, in the very near future, uh, where they're going to have them based on... Uh, I, uh, the two that come to mind most readily are Olaf and BB-8, but I know that there's going to be some other characters there as well. Well, cool. All right. So um, maybe we can park in BB-8P. <laughs> what kind of P would he have? I guess he could, uh, you know... Yeah, stop leaking lubricants on the humans, Bumblebee. <laughs> Something like go. that. And did uh, you? Oh, and, and did you hear this? There's uh, now works uh, already underway for a sequel to both Transformers: The Last Night as well as Bumblebee. Well, nice. I never even got a chance to see Bumblebee, and I didn't want to see The Last Night. So, <laughs> well, I'll tell you, I, I I watched The Last Night, and I was scratching my head through the entire thing. The Bumblebee, I absolutely loved. I'm gonna get around to it eventually. I, yeah, I, I plan to see. I still haven't gotten to see Lego Two yet either. So, <laughs> well, uh, I'm still waiting to see Captain Marvel. So, okay. Well, you have to let me know what you think about it and everything, because I, I actually had fun with it. And oh my goodness! And I sometimes I get tired of both the people who are, you know, quote unquote trolling it, and the people who are fans of it because they keep fighting with each other on social media. And I've seen people that anytime I like, there's a Captain Marvel article of any sort, I see some of the same names come up to, you know, just spoil them for a fight. And really, mm. people knock it off. Yeah, <laughs> you're driving me nuts. You're not helping. And even people who who worked in the film, they'll do stuff that people find insulting to the fans of the characters and. Yes, uh, you know what? If you go watch it, enjoy it, or don't enjoy it, or just don't watch it and stop fussing. Well, you know? as, as as a certain rabbit's father once said, if you can't say nothing nice, don't say anything at all. Don't say nothing at all. Well, that too. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's like because <laughs> I I'm. Well, there's no reason to be fighting over each other. Just, you know, if you don't want to see it, then just don't go see it. And if you yeah. do see it and you enjoy it, you should be able to say so. I actually had two conver or a bit of conversation, two different conversations, I guess it was. Yeah. Where, because I said stuff that I liked about it, but because I liked it, somebody actually said, oh, you, you just don't read the comics then. I almost wanted to take a picture of all the piles of comics because I, I can't seem to keep myself organized that I have here in the home. I'm like, yep, I guess I just don't read these. 
So, but that's oh well, you did, you like the movie? Well, you just don't read the comics because otherwise you would hate the movie. Why does that mean whether or not I have to, and whether or not I can enjoy a movie or have fun at the theater? And of course, the other thing that I got thrown at me because I had a comment. I, there's there's an element of the film that I didn't enjoy, and I gave a reason for it. And somebody there said, "Well, you're just clinging too hard to the comics." So I can't win, and I'm <laughs> done with all of you. <laughs> you know, y'all could go somewhere else and fight about the movie. I had fun. You know, I could see where there's some stuff to be a little annoying, but really it wasn't as annoying as it could have been at all. And I actually had a good time and I had fun, which is why I go to the movies because I want to have fun. So I, whenever you get a chance to go see it, I think you're all yes, going to have fun. You know, time. and, and well, I'm looking forward to it, you know, but yeah. th- there's a few other movies that I am looking forward to, though. You know, I, I've, uh, I hear that uh, there's been a bit of a reversal uh, one of uh, the recent Marvel movie decisions some but he's coming back oh yeah well we'll get to that we haven't even do- gotten into the news yet <laughs> we're, we're still in what we call in the show notes host chatter so but we've got some good news no, information yes. already thrown in but there's one more and thing here I, wanted I am to <laughs> <laughs> well and I'm just uh, I'm just trying to be uh, um, uh, oh What's what's uh, I completely blank out on the term now, but I, I want to tie it all together. <laughs> but I have one more thing that's it's not news, so I couldn't put it in the news, but it's something I wanted to bring up that I thought was interesting. But the South by Southwest festival went on this past week, or I was maybe it was a couple weeks ago. I don't know. I actually had a, um, a another fellow student of UCM who actually got a chance to go out there. And he's big and he wants to make films and you can see a lot of independent filmmakers and stuff but Frank Oz and so I think some other Muppet performers were are out kind of giving a little panel out there and Sci-Fi Wire was there and uh, and shared a little bit of what Frank Oz said which I found to be interesting he has at one point he says I'm not a children's performer we've never once thought about children when we did Sesame Street or the Muppets or anything else I was a child I didn't know what I wanted how can an adult tell what a child wants the pure quality I'm talking about, because he starts talking about the quality of the stuff, but he says, the pure quality I'm talking about is the purity of character. I had to turn the Muppet thing off, the ABC series, after 15 minutes. Fozzie had a girlfriend and he drank some wine. I don't know. It totally destroyed Fozzie. Destroyed. The reason you guys love them is because we were true to their character. That's why you love them. They touch your heart. Uh, and he goes, uh, and he mentioned something else. In general, I start to vomit when things get too smarmy because he said he didn't like the 2011 Muppets film. Uh, see, when it gets overly sentimental and sweet, I just start to vomit. It's all because Disney doesn't understand purity, and I'm going to get in so much trouble now, he adds with a grin. And some other stuff that I heard that he had talked about that, like Sesame Street, sure, yes, it's children's television, but they didn't treat it like they were talking to kids when they would make it when he was there. They were, you know, giving education, but he he didn't feel like they catered too much to children. They just made good stuff that kids would enjoy and could learn from. Mm-hmm. Uh, and yeah, I I think with, with some of the later years and some other stuff I've seen with Sesame Street, it does feel more preschoolish. With little bits I've seen, but you know, I don't sit around watching Sesame Street, so I might be completely off base. But little things that I've seen in some of the characters, something just doesn't feel the same. But it might be my own nostalgia. I might be full of full of garbage, you know. But there's definitely you can tell the difference with the Muppets. There is something missing, and that I think is why also that ABC series didn't work. Is because mm-hmm. they they tried to do something different, 
But, you know, towards the end of it, I think they figured out, you know, where they were going and where the characters, and I started to be able to settle in. I was seeing, I was seeing the Muppets starting to be more like themselves. But when you put them in the area and you try to make them as if they were real people in and not in a Muppet mayhem sort of way, it, it, it did lose something of the characters. Yeah, I have to agree. You know, that, that was, you know, as much as I love being able to see the Muppets back on TV, um, you know, that, that really was a major issue with the series yeah. is that it didn't feel authentic to the characters that we knew um, and and I think he hits the nail on the head right there you know, yeah. you know Frank Oz uh, he look, these are characters to him they are not voices they're not affectations that he puts on it's not something that he you know necessarily will do as a performance these are characters to him and you know when he sees Fozzie drinking wine and acting out of character he is going to speak out about it uh, I noticed that he's also been, you know, a bit more vocal on um, uh, Twitter recently. Uh, he got into an exchange with a with a uh, person who, you know, kind of said Yoda wouldn't do that, and Frank Oz says, um, "I think I know Yoda pretty well, and yeah, he would do that." So he's, I he's definitely known for being outspoken about his characters. Yeah. Oh, go ahead. I wonder if what the, the, the discussion was is Yoda's behavior in The Last Jedi. Because I used to tell some people, that didn't seem like Yoda. I'm like, actually, it does. Yeah. <laughs> With him laughing at Luke and like, oh, missed you, I have. That's, that felt like when we first met Yoda in Empire Strikes Back, where he has a sense of humor. And he'll kind of rib you a little bit to just see what you're made of and teach you something at the same time. It was like, that was totally Yoda. Mm-hmm. But uh, we better get uh, rolling into some news because, you know, there's some stuff you've been wanting to talk about here anyway. Spanning the Disney and Geek Universe to bring you the best in comics, toys, movies, and entertainment. This is news from around Neverland. All right, you alluded to this just a little bit ago. Uh, let's just say they've rearmed the gun. <laughs> that was funny. Oh, come on. James Gunn is back to direct Guardians of the Galaxy 3. And I, I'm, I'm interested that the announcement of this came on the heels almost you know, like less than a week after we heard that they're going to go ahead and use the guardians of the galaxy volume three script. So they did that. And then I, I that might've been testing the waters that when everybody was okay with that, they figured, well, let's go ahead and tell everybody we're going to bring James Gunn back. You know, he, it's like he got put in timeout for a little bit for, for what he did. Now I'm sure there's plenty of people who maybe are not pleased about this because of what he has said in Twitter. There's, I've seen where people definitely want to hold more people accountable uh, to what they do on social media when they work for Disney in some capacity. And there there maybe should be some accountability. Uh, but I kind I, of I kind of expected James Gunn was going to be allowed back. I don't know if I was expecting him to be able to come back this soon. And I don't know if I necessarily agree with other people I've seen where they just want to, you know, clean slate. Like, hey, if you say something like this to where maybe you've insulted a fan by, by calling the fans this or saying the, you know, the fans are wrong because of this, that they'd like to get rid of them. And if they're not getting rid of maybe it needs to go all the way to the top of Bob Iger needs to be removed. So I, I've seen that level of where people have issues with people do on Twitter. And I, I can understand that. It's understandable. But uh, I think James Gunn learned his lesson. I don't think he was maybe off 
away long enough, but I, I can understand maybe the decision that they want to move forward with with the film and they really wanted James Gunn to come back with it. So I get it. It makes sense. And I'm still, I just want to see the movie. Yeah. Well, and, and they had already announced, you know, months ago, back uh, after he was let go, that they were going to be using his script for the third film. Hmm. Uh, so, uh, but in the meantime, he's uh, now working with DC and he's penned the new uh, version of Suicide Squad. Yeah, that's going to be coming out. And but what they've assured us is that uh, his work on Suicide is not going to affect the work he'll be doing on Guardians Three, and right. vice versa. So you know, let, all the more power to him, and let's see uh, what's uh, what's next for the group. You know, hopefully this will also stymie the uh, kind of backlash that um, you know. Oh, oh no, now I'm blanking out on his name. Um, like Johnny uh, Depp. <laughs> He's no, not Johnny Depp. Uh, um, yeah, and and we'll, we'll talk about Johnny Depp here in a moment. But, yep. But no, I'm, yeah, Dave Bautista. Oh, yeah, because he did fling some insults and was mad about the James Gunn firing. So mm -hmm. uh, I'm sure he's settled down by now. Yeah, I would hope so. I would hope so. Yeah. Um, but, you know, but, uh, you know, it, it seems like there's, uh, you know, this is going around Hollywood a bit now because... Uh, we're also learning about Johnny Depp. Uh, you remember last year there was a lot of, uh, uh, I, I don't want to say, well, there was quite a bit of backlash against his casting as Grindelwald uh, because at that point uh, in the height of the Me Too movement, uh, he had been accused of uh, abusing his uh, uh, his uh, partner, Amber Heard. Yeah, and, his well, uh, ex-wife now. Yes, yes. Which people might recognize Amber Heard from Aquaman. Mm -hmm. uh, she played the female lead there. Uh, th but this is very interesting how this has kind of come together because, you know, you heard rumor that she was saying some things, but yet if he had uh, been a, a full abuser and had harmed her, she should have pressed some charges, but she didn't seem to ever want to do that. So I didn't know what was going on. I, I've said it many times, like, okay, if he's done something, file some charges and get this uh, this dealt with. Uh, mm -hmm. but this this kept a lot of people from going to see The Crimes of Grindelwald, and I did give it a positive review, and I, even his performance I gave a positive review. Uh, but it's it's recently come to light. They have surveillance video and all kinds of stuff showing that Heard may have actually been an abuser to Johnny Depp. And they're saying it seems ridiculous. Johnny Depp, who's been married more than once, has never hit his wives before. And why he would suddenly start doing it now didn't make a lot of sense. But Johnny Depp is now presenting evidence and filing a lawsuit against her for all the stuff she has been saying, like defamation of character, that kind of thing. Mm -hmm. So it looks like uh, Johnny Depp's clearing his name. Now, this is how I found this interesting. While I was out shopping for clothing yesterday, I wanted to buy a copy of The Crimes of Grindelwald, and I couldn't find it. It was sold out everywhere all of a sudden. Huh. So I'm thinking maybe that since this move, news is getting out there, people are like, oh, maybe we go ahead and see this movie. Because I think a lot of people did kind of, no, I don't want to see it. I don't like Johnny Depp anymore. But now the people are like, oh, maybe he's not who we thought he was. Maybe let's go ahead and watch it. And so people are running out and buying the movie, which is great. But I want a copy too, people. Come on. <laughs> <laughs> that sounds, sounds almost like me. I was trying to find a copy of uh, Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse yesterday. And yeah, then I, I realized it comes out, out on Tuesday. Yeah. You can buy it yeah. digitally now. But I yeah, I just re yeah, I just realized it didn't come out yet. <laughs> yeah. 
but yeah, t- ooh, ooh, Tuesday. Ah, I'm, yay, I'm excited for that one because I like that movie. That was fun. Well, and, and that's not the only movie coming out this Tuesday, though. Uh, yeah, Mary Poppins Returns comes out Tuesday, doesn't it? Exactly. Yeah. Like, uh, oh, golly, I got to go spend money on movies now. I, I'm going to blow out my tax return going and buying movies now. But, oh, but they were so good. Oh, yes. Well, I, I've been doing my best to try and blow out, uh, you know, my tax return on movies. I just uh, bought several seasons of 24. Uh, Herbie go or Herbie rides again. Yeah. Herbie rides again. <laughs> and uh, the Ocean's Eleven movies. So, uh, hey, you know, better you, time, right? If you <laughs> saved yourself $20, I saw the complete Knight Rider series out Ooh. on DVD. I also, for $40, you can buy all 10 seasons of the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles animated series from the 80s. <laughs> well, I'll tell you, that, you know, that I was that, that close to getting Volume 1 of the real Ghostbusters oh, man. And, and the first season of Chuck. Oh, did you find the first season of Chuck still in stores? I had to buy the whole thing online. Well, this this this, this was a used uh, video, video game movie and record and CD store. Ah, because I've got the entire series of Chuck on Blu-ray. Because I, mm-hmm. I had to buy it on Amazon <laughs> as a used copy. Because <laughs> I had to get it. This is why I brought it up. But you know, the great thing is we can delve back into our, our you know, maybe even recent history, but our youth and our childhood and, and relive these things. But, uh, yeah. you know, have, have you ever heard of um, Shang-Chi? The only familiarity I have with Shang-Chi is for a while Spider-Man lost his spider sense and a lot of his fighting style is based on his spider sense but Shang-Chi came along and taught him a a version of well they helped develop a version of Kung Fu where basically it was like Spider-Fu it was Shang-Chi taught him a way to be able to use a Kung Fu style that fit with his spider-like abilities and to where it didn't Mm -hmm. matter about his spider sense for a while he was learning to fight a a new fashion uh, so that's the only familiarity I have with him, and I think he does run around with Iron Fist occasionally, doesn't he? Uh, on on rare occasion, he uh, did some work with Colleen Wing. Um, but uh, Shang Chi was actually a product of the 1970s and the whole kung fu phenomenon, uh, thanks to Bruce Lee. In fact, phenomenon. Phenomenon. I can't help it every time I hear it. Uh, okay. And uh, in this case. Shang-Chi starred in the comic The Hands of Kung Fu. Shang-Chi happens to be the son of Man 2, which uh, got diplomatic to uh, uh, copyrights and uh, <laughs> what Marvel was allowed to do. Uh, mm-hmm. Shang-Chi was their own original character, but they claimed that he was the son of Fu Manchu, and, and that's where things got a little bit dicey. <laughs> uh, anyhow, he, he really is a master of all forms of Kung Fu. And, uh, you know, has been known to work with uh, Danny Rand, with Peter, with uh, and, uh, the Domino comic. And helping mm. Domino try and overcome and not have to rely upon her luck powers. Huh. So, um, it's, it, you know, however, we're learning this week that uh, Marvel has got a Shang-Chi movie in the works. Which is neat. You know, I he's kind of this barely known Marvel character and really it seems the motivation might be because they, they want to have an Asian lead character just to do something different because they thought well we don't have any Asian characters in a film yet yet we have Asian characters in the comics and so yeah I'm like cool you know if you make a good movie I'm gonna go uh, I, I do hope that they focus more on making a good movie than they do focusing on the fact look we have an Asian character 
You know what I mean? Oh, uh, but they had Jimmy Wong in Ant-Man. They did, but he wasn't like a lead character. You know, this is an Asian superhero character. I would love to see an Agents of Atlas with uh, Jimmy Wong as a uh, lead in that. Hmm. You know, they if they start pulling some smaller characters or lesser knowns, and you know, I mean, there's a lot of things they can do with that. You know, just because heck, I mean, they even although Disney's version was very different from the comics, I mean, they can pull Big Hero Six out and make a fun movie out of that. I think they can do it. You know, with a lot exactly. of these unknown characters, you can do a lot. Mm-hmm. So yeah, yeah you know, we're starting and, a new phase. With, with, <laughs> oh, you know, with Marvel, they've got over eight thousand characters that they can use. Yes. So, and uh, we've actually got uh, a, a director, Destin Daniel Cretton. I hope that's the way you say it. Your guess either, is as good as mine. <laughs> yeah, because yeah, it's got better be Cretton and not Cretton. Although I, I can't help it, I hear Monsters Incorporated. It's pronounced Cretan, not Cretan. Get it, if you're going to insult somebody, at least get it right. You know, something like that. Uh, mm-hmm. But he's done some independent films like uh, Short Term 12, which actually had Brie Larson in it. Uh, Glass Castle. Uh, he actually did uh, direct Michael B. Jordan in Just Mercy. Uh, and so he's got uh, some, some small movie credits of like some independent type of film. Uh, but here's, here's something that's exciting. The Wonder Woman 1984 screenwriter Dave Callahan is actually writing the script for Shang-Chi. Or maybe it's supposed to be pronounced Shang-Chi. I don't know. <laughs> Which, I don't know, Dave Callahan, I don't think he wrote the original Wonder Woman, but, you know, it's a nice connection either way. Mm-hmm. Most definitely. Yeah. Sounds like uh, there's, there's a lot of choices available. Yeah. A lot of different ways that they can make this adventure go. Mm-hmm. And, you know, you just have to sit down and draw your cards and, uh, and and go from there. Which, I already told this thing to unblock the ads, and yet the I'm trying to bring up this page where it uh, talked about this uh, this game. So I can't get all the details I was just looking at because everything's being bad. <laughs> but there's a choose-your-own-adventure game that is available actually on Amazon for about $23 according to the website and it's it's based off of one of the particular books but somehow or other the gameplay is uh, like a choose your own adventure style uh, story that you kind of make as you go as part of the game. I don't know any more details about it than that though. Well it does say that uh, you're, you're in the role of a psychic detective that includes an object to solve the mystery of a haunted mansion. Did you say Haunted Mansion? A Haunted Mansion. Not the Haunted Mansion, but a Haunted Mansion. Oh, but how cool would it be? You know what? I would still break out some Haunted Mansion music and play it while I was playing the game. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. As long as the good... You know, I'll tell you, this, this, this trip that I just took, I learned something new about the uh, Haunted Mansion in Disney World. The uh, ghosts like to play with you, so as long as they don't take your head off of your body and put it onto theirs in this game, like uh, was happened to me in the ride, it should be good. <laughs> well, even if it does, that can be an enjoyable experience, I suppose. As long as they don't kill you when they pull your uh, head off. <laughs> yeah, there you go. <laughs> well, you know, if your head does get detached from your body, a good merger can fix everything. <laughs> yes, it can. Even if it involves small dog-like creatures, <laughs> like uh, like foxes, for example. So yeah, 
And as much as I really want to say on this is, as this will be Wednesday this week, March 20th, the merger is supposed to be complete. Just Boxes in time are... for Endgame to introduce... Well, I was just going to say, just in time for Endgame to introduce the Fantastic Four. That would be nice. Because <laughs> I would like to see the but, Fantastic yeah, the... Four come in. Because now that we have scrolls mm-hmm. in the MCU, I want to see the Secret Invasion. Or something, you know, and, and, you or, or a super scroll. I want to see that develop a little bit. So, <laughs> and you know, well, again, they, I haven't even if they give him a little yet, miniature, so. yeah, and I, and that's why I can't say anymore. But you know, if, and I can talk about something pretty small. You know, we can rock out a little bit. I can't get a good segue on this one. I'm sorry. <laughs> Yeah, well, you know, maybe maybe we'll get a good director, Krennic. And Krennic kind of sounds like some kind of a rock formation. He kind of does. But KidRobot.com this week, uh, I guess they're the manufacturer of these as well. Yeah, it looks like they're the manufacturer. Uh, but they have shown that they've released some Fraggle Rock vinyl mini figures. And they, they look, and uh, the, the body seems to have, well, at least the doozers, they remind me a lot of the old, um, oh, they were vinyl ones. They had the goofy heads, and they uh, the companies come back, but they were before Funko Pop figures started coming around. Uh, and I cannot think of it. I have some of them, and now I don't know what to call them, and they're on my shelf in my room, and I'm in the studio. But they kind of have Mighty that... Mighty Wobblers or Mighty Mugs? Mighty Mugs. Yes, they have the body shape of a Mighty Mug, but they have different... I mean, you got Doozers, you've got Fraggles here, and there's... Oh my gosh, these are cute. They even have keychains of their heads. But they come in blind box uh, little little cases. Little Well, they're little blind boxes. Uh, so you can buy them individually, and you can even buy them online at kidrobot.com. Uh, $9.99 for each one, or $5.99 will get you a keychain, but that's also a blind box. Uh, that, golly, I don't think I even had to pay that much for those He-Man figures that were mini, so this seems a little expensive, but oh, let's face it, they're fraggles, we're going to pay it. Yeah. Well, and I was going to say, these dudes look more like uh, Mickey Vinyl Nation figures. But they kind of do. Yeah. They kind of that same kind of, you know, chubby body shape. Yeah, yeah. Either way, you know, we want it, and especially now we're hearing even more about, like, some uh, Fraggle Rock. Uh, was they, I can't remember, were they making more, or are they just going to be putting some of the episodes back on somewhere? I know we came across it, like, a while ago. They were making a movie. Yeah, we know that much. They were supposed to be a movie. Either way, we're going to have Maybe we'll hear some more. That's right, maybe it was we'll a... Hear some more if they finish... Well, I, 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 I think going to say maybe we'll hear some more after they finish Dark Pistol. There we go. Now we hear all. But I think what I was thinking of is their Blu-ray anniversary release happened a while back. Mm. Yeah, like a, a couple oh, months yeah. ago. That's what I was thinking of. Of some of the original series is back out there. So, but that's everything we have for news, and we need to get to the trailer park. Mama, now the Gator got in the house. Now the Gator, give me that shovel. Get him, Mama. Get that Gator. The Neverland Trailer Park.
stumbled upon an opportunity. I can make you rich. Rich enough to impress a princess. What would I have to do? There's a cave of wonders. Bring me the lamp. summons me. I stand by my oath. Loyalty to wishes three. I'm kidding. Watch this. Watch out! Uh. You done wound me up. You ain't never had a friend like me. Hey, can you make me a prince? There is a lot of gray area in make me a prince. I could just make you a prince. Oh, no. Y'all see my palace? You look like a prince on the outside. But I didn't change anything on the inside. Showtime. No, I'm in charge, okay? I say when it's time. Really? I thought a princess could go anywhere. Not this princess. Do you trust me? So that that first look, we, we've we've had a teaser for Aladdin. We saw that one trailer, and we got a look at, at Will Smith as a genie. And most of us were not impressed with that look, but we got a better look at him now in this trailer. And I I gotta say this looks better. Although I I, I think my fears are becoming true because this does come across as Will Smith playing Will Smith playing the genie. But that might be okay because. Yeah. Really, the genie was pretty much Robin Williams being Robin Williams. Mm-hmm. So you know, I guess I can be a little forgiving, but I, you know, this oh, it still looks fun. Mm-hmm. I agree, and I think you know, if this is the direction they're going to go, I think it's definitely uh, a nice change, and it's going to be appropriate for you know the new figure that the genie actually is going to be, or the you know the new ways he's going to be presented. So. And I love it. The opening, but, you know, you, we, we do get to see some of, you know, I was, I've been talking before about, I can imagine with live action, some of the, the chases with Aladdin running from the guards, you could do some fun kind of parkour stuff around Agrabah. And it looks like that's what we're mm-hmm. going to get. Yeah. Yeah. But, so. You know, uh, you, you know, my feelings about Disney remakes of their animated classics. I'm going to reserve my judgment until I can actually see it. Yeah. And I, I I try to I try to think of them as a separate film, really, because you have to a separate film from the animated. So I'm, though I'm going to come with a preconceived, I love the animated. I try to look at the film and, and try to credit it on its own merits, and that's probably why I've managed to enjoy most of these. So I'm going to give well, this one know, a try. As long, yeah, yeah, as long as you don't do it with a snap judgment. Right. <laughs> because that might just end the game. God, seems like a thousand years ago. I fought my way out of that cave. Became Iron Man. Realized I loved you. 
I know I said no more surprises, but I was really hoping to pull off one last one. The world has changed. None of us can go back. All we can do is our best. And sometimes the best that we can do is to start over. All these people die. I keep telling everybody they should move on. Some do, but not us. Even if there's a small chance, we owe this to everyone who's not in this room to try. Whatever it takes. Whatever it takes. Whatever it takes. Whatever it takes. This one, I, 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 this trailer for Avengers Endgame, uh, I mean, we've already, we know enough about what's happening. I mean, we know where we have left off things. So they're, they're basically now finding new ways to kind of keep us excited. So they're not really giving us much. But I, the main thing, my takeaway from this was those new uniforms where they all have that white on them. Yeah. The I bet they're going uniform. to all space. I, that's what I'm thinking. Maybe these are space I... uniforms. I'm thinking maybe not space, maybe a little bit more inner than space. Inner space? They're going to go Quantum out? Realm, the, perhaps. They're going to get injected into Martin Short's body? <laughs> <laughs> That's a cowboy. <laughs> no, um, no I, 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 I would bet that uh, they go into the quantum realm. realm. Whoa, yeah. Oh, dude. <sighs> that could be interesting. I don't know what all they would do in there, but that would be pretty wild. Oh, yeah. Oh, man. Except for that, the difficulty would be in building shrinking suits for everybody because uh, um, I forgot Ant-Man's name. Sean? No. Wow. Scott. Hank Pym. Scott. Oh, yeah, yeah, well, Scott. Hank Pym is not around. He got poofed. Mm -hmm. So you got Scott. And he doesn't know how to build this thing. Nope. So I don't see this as happening. But... That, you know, they might have uh, access to Shield's information. They might have um, access to the Yellow Jacket info. Maybe. Hmm. It's an interesting theory. That that would be interesting just to see. I don't know why they would go into the quantum realm, but that would be a nice surprise. Just you know that they have to go into the quantum realm with someone other to do something. And hmm. Who knows? Well, just stay away from the time vortices. Yeah. Huh. 
Very. Who knows? God, like, oh man, that's a possibility. Let's let's think of that. I my part of my thought is that if they manage to get anything, sort of a, a distress call from Tony Stark, and I, Captain Marvel could fly through space. Maybe I was thinking maybe Captain Marvel could be the one that could retrieve Tony Stark, uh, and and not Gamora, but uh, Nebula. She'd be perfect to be able yeah. to go and, and get them. So I'm 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 thinking that's a possibility. Which oh I've almost forgot something we wanted to mention about Aladdin as we I don't know who he's playing but Alan Tudyk is voicing a character in Aladdin. I know who he's playing. How did you find out? Because they didn't they didn't say who he was. They're keeping a surprise. No, I thought it, it was announced. You know, really characters. Yeah, out of all the characters from the original movie that actually did have a speaking role. <gasps> Is he Iago? He is Iago. Oh, that's awesome. <laughs> so he goes from playing the chicken Hey Hey to the parrot Iago. Oh my gosh, he's got to be hilarious at that. Oh. Oh, because I, I had wondered who you get, and I was thinking, well, maybe Iago just won't talk this time, but oh, that's perfect. Oh my goodness. Oh. <laughs> See, I'm I'm totally there now. Alan Tudyk is Iago. Oh, I'm excited! I'm excited! I'm almost. Oh, but just watch! I'll, I was just going to say, but what we'll get from him now are just confused chicken sounds. <laughs> Could be, but I'm almost as excited now for Aladdin as I am for our next trailer, Shazam! Daily bats. I choose you as a champion. So my powers will become yours. Shazam. Wait for real. Say okay. Say my name. Shazam. <laughs> That's crazy, right? What are your superpowers? Superpowers, dude, I don't even know how to pee in this thing. This is proof of authenticity. Super strength. Electricity manipulation. Hyper speed. I'd like to purchase some of your finest beer, please. Sparkle fingers. No, it's not. It's not my. That's not my name. Chosen one. Oh, you're like a bad guy, right? You literally did the opposite of what a superhero is supposed to do. You're him. You're the hero. You're welcome for not getting robbed. I'm Batman. Get him back in. How old are you? Basically, fifteen. Electrocuted a bus and almost killed these people. And then I caught it! Can leave tall buildings in a single bound. Every look at this movie what? looks more fun. Every uh, time. Uh, I'm sorry, I didn't get his name. What's his name? Shazam! What? 
His uh, name is, huh? Uh, name my is name who? is who? Exactly. <laughs> oh my goodness. I can't help it. Every time I get a look at this movie, I laugh a little bit more. I smile a little bit more. I am super excited for this movie. And we even got to see a little bit of, you know, him having to fight the villain a little bit. <laughs> mm-hmm. Dr. Savannah, I have to wonder if uh, Mr. Mind isn't in there somewhere as well. I don't know anything about any of those other characters. So I'm just going to oh, smile and say, I'm going to get surprised. <laughs> but I do wonder because... Oh, you know, no, we've got... We were hearing about Black Adam and The Rock playing Black Adam a long time ago. I don't know what happened to it with that. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I hope they didn't scrap that. Maybe. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, I would think that if uh, The Rock were involved in this, he'd be part of the media campaign for it. Yeah, but I don't know. It would also be know. a good follow-up for a sequel. Yeah. Plus, it was, I think they were even talking yeah, about having was... a Black Adam film. Yeah. So, I don't know. But I'm... You know, I, I, I think you... I, I was just saying, I think you hit it on the head, though. You know, this movie just looks like fun. Yes. With, you know, with with uh, Man of Steel and Batman v Superman, they weren't fun. Right. They weren't fun. And, and they had very little moments in them that could even be confused with being fun. Um, you know, certainly with uh, some of the changes we saw in Justice League um, and, and Wonder Woman, I wouldn't say that was fun, but it was very enjoyable. Yeah. But, uh, and I haven't seen Aquaman yet. And I think that's another fun one from yes, it was. what I've heard from others. It was epic. So, yeah. And so I think that Shazam is definitely going to bring the fun. Now, it kind oh, yeah. of troubles me that, uh, you know, we know Ezra Miller who plays The Flash, is now getting involved in writing the script for The Flash movie. And from what I'm hearing, he kind of wants it to go dark. And I'm kind of like, you know that? No, no. Mm. DC Universe is about hope. It's about, um, you know, the grim, dirty, dark is Batman. But Superman's about hope. Flash is about having fun and having flash facts. Um, Shazam, it's about... It, it, it's big. Yeah. As a superhero, it's supposed to be fun. Yeah. It's supposed to be goofy. It's supposed to have a talking tiger in it. Talking tiger? And I hope we get, oh, yeah. Talky Tawny. <laughs> See, I might have to look up some Shazam comics and just read some comics because I'm, I'm not that familiar with the character. I think I've seen more of the character in video games now with that Injustice game. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So- Although he was only in one Injustice game because uh, something really bad happens in story mode. <laughs> Which is like, oh, that's so not cool. So, oh, yeah. Yeah, but, uh, you know, I, I, I'm looking forward to seeing what Shazam has to bring, you know. And, hey, we'll have our second Captain Marvel movie of the year. Yeah, pretty much. So, oh, and, and the, the nice thing, though, about, you know... Uh, I had somewhere I was going to go with this, and I lost it. But you know, I haven't, I, you know I'm already just a fan of Zach Levi anyway after Chuck. And so I'm yeah. just excited for him playing a superhero character. Um, and I had somewhere I was going to go with that, and I have no idea where it was that I was going with it. I, I lost it entirely. Yep. Speaking of oh, no speaking of Fandral. Yes, but speaking of Chuck, uh, this does remind me of something. I got I to gotta throw in a, a series I'm loving. I, I'm behind some episodes now, but – 
I, I, it's almost like the uh, follow-up to, to Chuck, and it's an ABC show, so it's technically Disney. But uh, have you gotten to watch any of Whiskey Cavalier yet? Mm, haven't even heard of it. It is an ABC series. It even has the female lead actually was in a season of Chuck as T- uh, Timothy Dalton's daughter. But it, it it carries a lot of the same feel and vibe of Chuck of being this crazy spy thing and uh, the, the merging of two different spy departments having to force to work together with some really fun characters thrown in. Uh, I'm highly recommending it if you can watch it back on On Demand. Uh, it it looks to be very a lot of fun. I've only watched the first episode, but I was t- completely hooked. I've watched a little bit of the second episode, and even something that happens at the beginning of the episode is a lot of fun. And it's it's neat because they all still have to have a cover of working in some sort of regular place. Uh, so it's it's hitting a lot of the same Chuck buttons. Uh, but it's a Disney series because it's ABC. So Whiskey Cavalier, if you have y'all have y'all have not watched it, I do recommend it. It is fun. I I'm, I enjoyed that first episode a whole bunch. Uh, but right. I suppose we should jump over to well, it's sort of a movie review, but you know, it's not a new movie. It was a different time. It was a time of destiny. A time when a child could tip the balance between good and evil. Why, with my powers, with the strength of my great army, can you not find one little child? A time for an unlikely hero named Willow. Tell her I'm not gonna let anything happen to the baby. We gotta get that baby to somebody. I'm somebody. A time of scoundrels. What goes on here? Uh-oh. And a time of rebels. You are great. You're gonna get us killed. You're a great warrior. And a swordsman. And you're ten times bigger than I am, stupid! Find the child. Find the child! It was a time when courage could be found where you'd least expect it. A time when unearthly powers raged and good men risked their lives. A time of great adventure. From the creator of Star Wars and the director of Cocoon, Willow. So, uh, and this, you know, this is our kind of our main topic here, but uh, we are running shy on time here, but we have to talk about this. Willow is hitting its 30-year anniversary, or I think it hit it in, in uh, 2018, though, because it came out in 1988, didn't it? Yeah. yeah. So it's 30 years. I'll tell you, for, yeah. I was just going to say, for a movie to come out in 1988, it was very groundbreaking, but you know, let's take a look at the pedigree it has. It's a story by George Lucas, produced by Lucas, directed by Ron Howard. 
Yeah. So, and for anyone who couldn't hear, because he garbled out there on his phone, we're having all kinds of issues. Uh, but yes, so you have a George Lucas written fantasy film. Ron Howard, director of Cocoon, and he's done a lot. And, and hey, now Solo. Uh, this Splash. Had yeah, the right stuff. Splash, yes. And heck, Splash and Touchstone actually had its anniversary this year as well. So lots of lots of crazy stuff going on here. My goodness. So, the, but this, I mean, had everything it needed. And I mean, really, this is what made Val Kilmer a household name to me. Because, I mean, and, and he had a good role in Top Gun. But he wasn't like the lead, and I would not have known that that guy was an, an actor named Val Kilmer, you know, until he was Iceman, this, not Val Kilmer. <laughs> right. He was just that Iceman guy, you know, like, you know, and he was the jerk guy until the end when he's like, hey, you can be my wingman anytime. So I hope he gets to mm-hmm. come back in the sequel of uh, Top Gun, by the way. I, you know, so I hope he's there because I like Val Kilmer. He's just cool. But having this movie back out and also getting Warwick Davis, uh, which. Uh, we're nerds. We love Warwick Davis. You know, we all love Warwick. Oh Davis. yeah, it's just it's just a world of thumb. He's in nearly every film we love with George Lucas involved. He's there. <laughs> we love the guy. So him getting to be the lead and in an epic fantasy that's, uh, I, I think it tried to be Tolkien esque, but not quite. It didn't quite hit it, but it still hit that levels of magic. And and my goodness, you got Billy Barty. Mm-hmm. Enough said. Billy, you gotta love Billy. He's figment. I mean, come on. Yeah. <laughs> and the nice thing is, is this it's being Gildor. a Lucas film? Yeah, Gildor too. But this being a Lucasfilm movie, this is a Disney property. When I bought this yesterday, it had a Disney movie rewards code. Yeah. So Willow is a Disney film. Now give me a, a sequel where we get to see a Laura Dan and all grown up. <laughs> well, there's three novels that talk about that. Oh, well, but I heard the novels, some of them, were, they really weren't good. Oh, they're still written by George Lucas, so. <laughs> oh, and sometimes he's very Take good, and sometimes he's not. Yeah. But the, the, but, the um, part of the comic, go ahead. Oh, I was just going to say, you know, for, for a 30-year-old movie, the transfer to Blu-ray looks really good. I mean, you've got, you know, 80s film techniques that, you know, are going to be hard to look better without going in and completely redoing them. But, you know, for what it is, um, it looks good and it sounds wonderful. Good. See, I haven't got a chance to sit and watch it, but I did watch some special features. But one of the Mm -hmm. special features, the one that got me the most excited was some deleted scenes with Sorsha. But to order to explain how this is exciting, uh, I did go over to uh, willowuffgood.fandom.com and you go through some of the biography of Bav Morda, which this is partially inspired by uh, – there's a podcast called Fauthentic History where they take fictional stories mm-hmm. and treat them like – they'll report on it like it's a history thing. And they went through some of the history of Bav Morda, and she's got actually a very interesting backstory. Uh, I mean, she's born in the Valley of Tirislene, actually. So, you know, Tirislene, the big kingdom in there. And she was, you know, all these animals kind of started making noise at the hour of her birth. But she turned out to be very, very powerful. You know, they knew there's destiny. She was going to be a powerful enchantress. And she was born a little bit after Finn Razel, which we'll see. You know, she comes up in the film. If you haven't seen this movie, you're going to have to just watch it. But they actually trained in magic together at Tirislene. Now, the interesting thing is Bavmorda was a little bit selfish, and she's also 
uh, she she craved power. And yeah, uh, Finn Rizal actually had fallen in love with the prince of Tirasleen. And they were actually engaged to get married. But Bavmorda wanting power so much, and she actually disappeared for a year. When she came back, Bavmorda put a spell on Mikel Tantalos, who was the prince, and he married Bavmorda, and so she gained some royal authority of sorts. She needed to get rid of the king and queen, though, and so they were disappeared under mysterious circumstances that uh, Finn Rizal was not fooled. She knew something was up. Uh, major incident happens, though. Uh, Finn Rizal, as we know in the film, got turned into uh, an animal, and uh, Bav Morda actually then cursed everybody in Tira's lean which we find out they're all still alive. So she's cursed everybody and fled to Knockmore and began her reign of terror there from Knockmore after having a daughter who maybe had a little bit more of her father's personality, uh, although Bav Morda tried her best to instill the hate of, of her own personality and the power madden, you know, the, you know, she basically tried to groom Sorsha to be more like herself, but there was that little bit of goodness still in her uh, to be similar to her father. But now these deleted scenes that were cut from the film. And I please, Ron Howard, if you listen to my show, maybe I'm going to tweet you. Can we have an extended cut of the film where you put these back in? Because they have a conversation when, uh, when Sorsha has captured Madden Mardigan and Willow and, and uh, Finn Rizal. She's Finn Rizal mentions to Sorsha, like, you know, this, what would your father think about this? But she kind of starts talking about her father and Sorsha says, well, my father was pathetic. I never even met him. He was left when I was a baby. So, you know, she's been lied to pretty much about her father all this time. And then you see another scene after, you know, the man Mardigan kind of has her on his horse after they've escaped and taken her with them. And uh, she asks man Mardigan, where are you taking me? And man Mardigan kind of grins and says, we're going to take you to see your father in Tira's lean. And so that's a nice little throw in. And then there's a shot when when she gets to Tirazlin with her own army, she looks at one of these stone figures and she sees this old man with this long white beard and a crown. And he's still alive in that stone. And he says, Sorsha, I would know my own daughter. Sorsha, you help me, help me. I am your father. And you have all this buildup now to her father. And she realized what her mother did to her father. Her father didn't abandon her. She cursed him. And then they show another deleted scene where you have towards the end of the movie during the final confrontation. There's a moment where Sorsha steps towards Bav Morda and just says, Mother! And they've cut out an entire bit of dialogue where Bav Morda's like, Oh, you've seen your father at Tira's Lean, haven't you? And that's what she says to her, actually, right before she goes, Treacherous child, I must despise you now. But you have more of a buildup where you see Sorsha having this conflict of, because it, it was a nice bit of change for her, you know, when she feels a little bit of uh, love and attraction to Man Mardigan that that stirs something in her that she's never felt because she, all she's known is hate and anger. To have mm-hmm. like a feeling of love come up inside her would maybe change her a bit. But also seeing that she's been lied to about her father and seeing just how evil her mother really is seems to help feed and give her a bit more of a character arc. And so there's a deleted there's deleted scenes on this these extras that I highly recommend you watch if you're a fan of the film. If you've never seen this film, you need to buy it and watch it with the kids. Get the family together. It's such a great movie anyway. And the soundtrack is amazing. It's James Horner. Ugh, it's a great film. The critics gave it a 50% on Rotten Tomatoes, but what do critics know? 
you know what? <laughs> this is a great, fun movie. And, yeah, oh, my gosh. And I'll tell you. We, oh, oh, I was just going to say, I watched it with my kids, and they thoroughly enjoyed it. Of course they did. It's a great movie for them kids. But one of, of the things that was exciting. Liked it when, uh, well, they also liked it when the bird uh, left its gift on uh, <laughs> the, the one character. But uh, <laughs> uh, Of course. It's gross, but it's funny. That guy got splattered with a yep. lot of stuff. Uh, but <laughs> some some fun facts, though, that were also in some of these special features, and there's even two features talking about it. This, I mean, granted, you had a, the first sort of computer-generated character in Young Sherlock Holmes. You have the stained glass window knight that they pulled out, which looks pretty good for its mm -hmm. time in computer. But this is the first time they really took film and, and digitized the film, you know, translated into digital, so they could do a brand new technique called morphing. Mainly for yeah. when they had... Razelle being turned into all these different animals and then finally turned into a woman. Normally you would do a lot of cutaways while these changes happened, or you would do some other stuff, but with a mixture of puppets that uh, Dennis Murin would make as Dennis Murin was, he's, he's the king of effects. really him and Stan Winston, but Dennis Murin, I mean, he did all the stuff for star Wars and so many different films, but you know, he really mm -hmm. wanted to, to try this new digital way of doing things. And I mean, this was the beginning really of the digital effects era was this film and doing this morphing technique that they had never been tried before. And they weren't even sure if it was going to work, but there's two great special features on there worth watching about this and watching how they did it and how they did it as an experiment. And now it's almost a household thing. You could do this stuff on Adobe Premiere Pro, <laughs> you know? Yeah. <laughs> it's really cool to just see, like, this was the beginning of these digital effects. Mm -hmm. Well, can I share my favorite fun fact about this movie? Go for it. All right. The dragon, towards uh, the end of the second act, mm -hmm. is named the Eborsesk. Do you know where that name came from? Roger Ebert and Siskel, or... <laughs> Siskel and Ebert is what up. <laughs> Exactly. <laughs> They didn't like the movie, of all things. Mm -hmm. And also, Vic <laughs> uh, Armstrong's character, uh, General Kale, um, it has been heavily rumored that that name comes from the critic Pauline Kale. Huh. I don't know if I know who that is, but that's kind of funny. <laughs> yeah, she, 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 I don't think she cared for it either. <laughs> but, uh, that's okay. If they didn't like it, it wasn't made for them. Exactly. Okay, there's a joke in that. <laughs> <laughs> oh, but something else I just found just today while doing some of the research, because uh, I wanted to dig in and see, you know, I, what some of the details of Bav Morta that I'd heard on Authentic History and also how it relates to these deleted scenes. There was a Willow source book, which is a 90-page role-playing game source book that's written up by Alan Varney and published by Tor Books in 1988. It, it was a Dungeons & Dragons style of game. And it has huh. all kinds of information, even about some of the characters and the magic and all this stuff. Uh, I don't know if I could find this in, a, in an online store. I, bought, I probably could and pay you like $200 for it, I bet. But I would, I would kind of <laughs> like to get a, my hands on this just for the information. Oh, Burgle yeah. Cup, by the way, is the guy that you're thinking of that gets spooked yeah, on. That's a, yeah. <laughs> I had to find his name in the list in order to remember it because... Uh, well, but one thing uh, very interesting about the movie that I, I hadn't thought of until they mentioned on Authentic History, but Alora Dannon, 
she's got this mark on it, and she's supposed to be the one that overthrows Bav Morda, but really she doesn't overthrow Bav Morda. But if you look at it, how the prophecy really was, is the prophecy existing fulfills itself because when Elorodana comes into the world, she triggers events that causes the downfall of Bav Morda. Who in turn is her own worst enemy. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> Not to spoil the ending for anyone who hasn't watched this yet. <laughs> but I thought that was actually interesting. Like, because Laura Danish, she's a baby the whole time, so she doesn't actually overthrow Bav Mortar, but her coming into the world sets off a series of events that sends Willow Ufgood out there to become the unlikely hero. And it's just a great movie. And I remember this came out in 1988. I didn't get to see it in theaters. I saw it later on, on, uh, on HBO. But there were... Um, there were trading cards that came with some sort of a, I don't remember if it was a fast food or what, but I remember I had little, uh, little trading cards of the brownies that came with some sort of a product, whether it was fast food or something. I don't remember. Mm -hmm. I don't remember who had the cards at all. If somebody remembers, let us know. But there was merchandise. There were toys and all kinds of stuff. Hmm. For some reason, Hardy's comes to mind. It may have been. But uh, I am seeing, though, on the Phantom, there's Shadow Moon and Shadow Star. There was also, of course, a Nintendo game. There was an arcade game. I think Shadow Moon and, uh, yeah, Shadow Moon was written by George Lucas and Chris Claremont. And uh, mm -hmm. this, I think, is the original sequel. Uh, and it's the first novel of the Chronicles of the Shadow War trilogy. Now, people yeah. said that yeah. it wasn't any good, but I think mean, it's got a heck of a pedigree with Chris Claremont even helping to write this. And Shadow yeah, Star was yeah, the third I, book. What was the second book, I wonder? Shadow something. <laughs> yeah, I bet so. <laughs> Part of me wants to track down, because apparently an audio book does exist. Yeah. Oh, look, soundtrack yeah. playing in your, over your phone. <laughs> There's a copyright there violation. Go. <laughs> <laughs> Good thing we're talking over it, eh? <laughs> oh... But I kind of would like to go through the books. And you know, even if they make movies and they don't base them off of those books. Uh, I mean, right now, Disney does seem to be on a kick. They would like to have some women heroes. Well, Alora Dannon would fit perfectly in there to have her have an adventure. Oh, I yeah. want her to be worthy of this birthmark that meant so much in this prophecy that she was somehow or another going to save their world as well. So I... I and if she had a... Just going to say, and if she had a mentor in Sorsha... Oh, all the better. Yes. Oh, which actually reminds me of something I forgot I wanted to look up. I'm going to I'm going to look this up real quick. Because uh, one of the things I find to be very, very fun is that Val Kilmer met Joanne Wally or Whaler. I think it's mm -hmm. Wally in there uh, and because she was Sorsha and they got married uh, I, I wondered how long, if they were like still maybe married, but no, I see that they divorced in 1996. I was hoping to be a cute Hollywood story, but I guess that's the only, it might be the only person he's ever actually married. Is this the only, on Wikipedia, that's the only uh, uh, mention that they have of, of any of sort of marriage. But yeah, uh, personal life. Says Kilmer was married to actress Joanne Wally from March 1988 to February 1996. The two met while working on the film Willow. The couple had two children, a daughter, Mercedes, and a son, Jack. Kilmer has gotten into feuds with some other uh, some of the actors with whom he has worked, notably on The Island of Dr. Moreau, co-star Marlon Brando, and Red yeah. Planet with Heat co-star Tom Sizemore. Uh, doesn't say anything 
about him ever getting married again. I don't know what went wrong. Uh, that's 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 kind of sad because it's just it seems like it could have been a cute Hollywood story, but it, it's just a typical Hollywood story. Typical Hollywood stories. Yeah. Talking to you from the Neverland podcast. <laughs> exactly. I was trying to make that uh, like a VH1. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But, ooh, it did mention in the Hollywood Reporter at one point he did have a, a two-year battle with throat cancer. Uh, and mm-hmm. he produced a rasp and it rendered him actually short of breath. That might be why we haven't seen much of him in a long time. Uh, he does have an appearance in a music video in 2016 playing himself. Uh, but the last acting he really got to do was in an episode of Psych in 2014. He was Detective Dobson in an episode called The Breakup. But uh, that seems to be about the time of that tumor. Because uh, in January 2015 is when he was ho- hospitalized for a possible tumor, and that's when they found it. Uh, so I hope wherever he's at, he's doing well. I always liked him. Um, he's part of the, the Christian scientists, which they're a little odd them themselves, but that we won't worry about that. <laughs> I did notice, like, Joanne Wally, she's actually done a lot of uh, stuff here in the States. She's actually uh, – the latest thing I saw her that she popped up in was that Paul, Apostle of Christ. She played Priscilla, which I would like to see that oh. movie. Uh, but she actually has done. Okay. I, when I was I was looking on uh, on Voodoo, she's even doing a, done a film of Noah's Ark and some other faith based films. So I think that's pretty neat too. Yeah, yeah. Well, the the only other thing that I can remember that I I have seen her in was The Man Who Knew Too Little with Bill Murray. And I still haven't seen that one. I figure I should see it sometime. <laughs> and that that's an interesting film. It's got Bill Murray uh, caught up in this. Uh, uh, he thinks he's involved in a uh, big, large-scale play in which, uh, you know, it, it's kind of like an escape room where you've got actors doing things. Well, it turns out that he actually got caught up in some sort of uh, conspiracy with uh, MI6 threatening to blow up uh, a Russian delegate. <laughs> and it, it, it's funny, and it uh, you know, doesn't make much sense, but it's a fun little romp. And it's Bill Murray. But yeah, that's... <laughs> That's that's the only other thing that I remember her in. Um, she was yeah. in that that AD the, the kind of the sequel series to that Bible television series. Uh, she was in that. That was the other face sort of thing that I saw her in. So I, you know she's doing some what I would consider some neat stuff. Now, but y'all don't have to agree with me, but I think that's kind of cool that she's doing those type of projects. So yeah, uh, but Definitely. we should probably wrap this up. Because uh, this is going to be a very long episode, but I've, you know, I've had some fun. It's kind of been fun catching up and spending a little bit of time talking on Willow, but we had too much other stuff to be able to cover. So we didn't get to spend a lot of time on Willow other than to say that, golly, if you haven't seen that movie, go buy it. Mm-hmm. Definitely. You won't regret it. Go buy it, watch it, enjoy the special features. And, uh, you know, if you can find the soundtrack on iTunes or something, uh, definitely get it because... It's it's good if you like if you like movie scores. I mean, this is one of the best ones. These tunes will get stuck in your head. I mean, this was the '80s when movie scores were big things, you know. Because I here in here in the the last uh, twenty years, I feel like movie scores we've gotten away from those big scores because now it seems the trend is you don't want to notice the music. But you know what? I I kind of want to notice the the music because it helps bring me into the emotion of the stories. And well, you don't have to just want to rely on John Williams being the only one still doing that. You know, it's like some of these other guys are good too. So, well, I guess we'll wrap this up right here. So see you all next time. And here's the ending sounder. 
Thank you for listening to the Neverland Podcast. We invite you back next week for more fun and adventure. Until then, remember to keep a pixie in your pocket. It's that young at heart, positive attitude that you can share with others. And remember to visit our website at NeverlandPodcast.com. There you can find links to our news page, our shop, our contact page, where you can easily send an email to podcast at NeverlandPodcast.com. You can also find our Neverlanders page, where you can find out how to become an official lost boy or pixie, because girls are too clever to get lost. Become a real Neverlander. Please feel free to leave us a voicemail at 816-226-6492. And be sure to follow us on Twitter at NeverlandPCast. And like our Neverland Podcast fan page on Facebook. We also have a group on Facebook for you to join. We also appreciate your support to keep the Neverland Podcast up and running. Visit Patreon.com slash Neverland Podcast to donate to Keeping the Pixie Dust Alive. Copyright content featured on the Neverland Podcast is copyright of their respective creators and used under fair use license. All original content is copyright of Blue Band Productions and a very special thanks to Yeehaw Bob Jackson at yeehawbob.com for our new ending music. God bless! Yeah! Hello everybody, this is Yeehaw Bob Jackson. Neverland Podcast, we love you. Neverland Podcast, we love you. Neverland Podcast, it's true. Neverland Podcast, we love you. This is your invitation to the intersection of versatility and design. Experience the empowering feeling of the Lexus SUVs and some of the best offers of the year on select models at the Invitation to Lexus sales event, now for April 1st. Get $750 cash towards the lease of our 2024 NX350 all-wheel drive. Experience amazing at your Lexus dealer. Call 1-800-USA-LEXUS for important lease cash offer and pricing details. Restrictions apply. Not all customers will qualify. Offer available in the Lexus Eastern area in April 1st, 2024.